Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Week with Cheek podcast. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are on stolen land of the Yagra and Turrbal people, and particularly with this um, very feminist topic, I would like to specifically acknowledge all of the work done by um, feminist activists who are First Nations in this country before we even came along. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. So this is a bonus episode of the podcast. Um, I want to use the term bonus really loosely because this is about to... It's not fun. ...distress. It's not a special bonus. It kind of gives the uh, the vibes of like, oh, fun, extra. It's not. Let's just say extra. I think it's just that this week has been awful yeah and i think that approaching the election we thought there was going to be a day we were going to have to sort of do a a quick put together pod on something major that happened on the election trail Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm shocked it's it's not that yeah yeah so it's about um and the reason that we are releasing it early so recording and releasing on the same day which we don't usually do um is because this is a changing topic and i'm sure that in a couple of days something new will have happened so this is um this is up to date as of Saturday the 7th of May at 11.06am. Okay. <sighs> I just want to take a minute. Fuck. Okay. So if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what's happened this week, essentially earlier this week, um, Politico, which is a news website, released... Um, released breaking news that a Supreme Court opinion from the United States had been leaked. Essentially, the opinion that was leaked was a majority opinion held by five members of the court, and it was um, written by Justice Alito. Now, the opinion basically indicated that if it was released and published in its current form, it would overturn the landmark 1973 decision of Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade is a case, a very famous case that's been around for 50 years that essentially guarantees a constitutional right to abortion for women. In the US Constitution, there actually is no mention of abortion, but it comes under the 14th Amendment, which guarantees a person's personal liberties are protected. So that sort of is like a right to privacy in a way, um, or it indicates that there's this element of our personal lives that aren't controlled by the government. Mm-hmm. And that this is obviously in the US, it's not in Australia, but that's the essence of Roe versus Wade. So it is a federal right, meaning that states cannot legislate to ban abortion that doesn't meet the criteria of Roe versus Wade, which also introduced the idea of abortions cannot be banned before 23 weeks mm-hmm. and because it introduced this idea of fetal viability at 23 weeks, 23, 24 roughly. Yeah. So... The actual case itself that this opinion is from involves the state of Mississippi who were trying to overturn the law to make to ban abortion after 15 weeks. There's only one abortion clinic in the entire state of Mississippi. There is only at, one? At present, yeah. Oh, my God. So this case saw the Center for Reproductive Rights argue on behalf of this clinic against the ban. So they essentially Mississippi brought in a law in the state, at the state level, saying they were banning abortion before... Um, they were banning abortion after 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. It went to the district court where they basically this Center for Reproductive Rights sued the state and mm-hmm. said, you can't do that. It's unconstitutional because of Roe versus Wade. The district court struck it down and said, you can't do that. Agree. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was a very, very strong argument pointing to Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. It was appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeal, Fifth Circuit, which is traditionally a very conservative circuit court. Right. Mm-hmm. 
They also struck it down and said, you fucking can't do that. It's unconstitutional. Now, when was it? So this was happening last year? Yeah. Yeah. In December of last year, when Amy Coney Barrett, who was infamously Trump's final Supreme Court justice appointee, who's late also last year, known to be the least um, qualified person to ever be appointed to the Supreme Court, she's only been a judge since 2017, I believe. She was the third and final appointee of the, to the Supreme Court under Trump. So that's making up a third of the bench. Big anti feminist. Big anti feminist. When she was appointed, Supreme Court, despite the appeal court and district court striking down the law, took on the case to the highest level. So the Supreme Court in the US is the highest court. In our country, it's the High Court of Australia. It's a bit different. Supreme Court took on in December of last year. The arguments that were raised in some of the oral debates that occurred throughout the case indicated that the justices would overturn Roe versus Wade. So there's been worry for a while now. Yeah. This opinion that's been leaked was actually drafted in February. It was only, it's only set to be released in June. So we're, mm-hmm. we were expecting it to come out, but the fact that it's been leaked, we have no idea who by. There's a lot of talk about which side's done it. There's a lot of drama about that sort of thing. But essentially, that's not the problem. They're investigating that. Who gives a fuck right now? The and the, but the, I think one of the problems is that the justice who drafted it does give a big fuck about who leaked it. Absolutely. Which is so cooked. I he, mean, well, he said it's an. A, Egregious. An egregious. egregious. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be laughing. It's very serious. It's very serious. But look, let, let, let's have a little joke here and there because yeah. that helps everyone. Just trying to have, just okay. have okay. girls just want to have fun girls and reproductive just rights. Just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper, please. Um, yeah, so he had a big, put up like, made a big stink about the fact that someone um, leaked it and it was like an egregious um, breach. Breach of justice. Yeah. But I'm like, interesting wording. Especially because he also described yeah. in the in the opinion, he described Roe versus Wade as egregiously wrong. Yes, so that's pretty. So it's just his favourite word. Yeah, egregious is just a fancy word. Yeah. I don't think you need to use it in any context. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> we'll go for that later. As my my personal opinions on the word egregious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the first thing I think we should talk about is like the implications in the U.S. for what could happen in a post Roe versus Wade era mm-hmm. if it falls. Which. Yep. It's likely. Now, Very likely. I think it's important to say that when decisions are being drafted, when opinions are going to be released, there is a lot of back and forth. Like people don't usually fundamentally change their position or their stance. But as the, like the, the other thing to note, and I think it, a lot of people will know this, but essentially what happens is you might have a couple of majority opinions on a court bench, mm-hmm. but in this instance, <laughs> so five are part of this Alito's opinion, yeah. right? So when a majority agrees, that's the opinion. And then anyone who doesn't agree is the dissenting judge, yes. right? So you've got three who are dissenting. Out of the five that are agreeing to overturn Roe versus Wade, which would result in it being overturned because it's a fucking majority, mm-hmm. three are the Trump appointees. Yeah. Of the five, two have had credible allegations of sexual assault made against them. One being Brett Kavanaugh, who everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful unless I know his name. <laughs> the other guy. Other guy. Yeah, other guy. So that's just a fun fact for you. I'm not going to add anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're looking at what, if it's overturned, which I think we should be expecting um, that the final decision will be published in June. I think if that's the expectation, we should just leave with that. It's possible that they'll change positions. Just to confirm, Mm. once the Supreme Court makes a decision, there's no one more powerful than that that can overturn it. No. One of the fundamental arguments that's being made at the moment is that the government has the ability to codify Road versus Wade at the moment. What is that? So they could make a federal piece of legislation and pass it through 
Senate and what's their other thing called? Isn't it just the or Congress? Yeah. So they could, they could, they have at the moment, which was they tried to pass last year in December, I believe. It's called the Women's Health Protection Act. Mm-hmm. That codifies the right to abortion, right? Okay. It means that states at a state level have no control to put in place bans, right? Mm-hmm. It was blocked in the Senate. Right. They need 50 votes. They didn't get them. Do the Republicans still have the Senate? I thought that... Um... They're powerful enough to stop it. I don't know what the current makeup is. Yeah, okay. The other thing is there's like a filibuster where they could reduce the number of votes needed, but that hasn't right. been enacted, right? Okay. So there is an argument that that could occur where the Women's Health Protection Act could be passed mm-hmm. and, not, and, and, and unblocked in the Senate. They could yeah. have another go at it. They could mm-hmm. have another run at it if Biden pushed it. Yeah. But the other question then is... What does that do to the arms of government in challenging each other? Because the judiciary and the House are like, mm. they, these are two vital elements and they're directly conflicting. Yep. Usually Supreme Court decisions aren't undermined so yep. visibly yep. and yeah, tangibly. It's a, mm-hmm. bit, it's a bit of an odd one, mm-hmm. but it is possible. Basically, if Roe versus Wade is to fall next month or you know, whenever, it, whenever the decision is published, if it's maintained in its current form, which it could be because it's, ba- it's basically finalized, the way it looked was very, very much how a classic decision looks. It wasn't an early draft. It wasn't like a, you know, you know how shit looks when you write the and then leave the document open. It's yeah. not that. It could be released in its current form and it would look real. Yeah. Right. And they've confirmed the authenticity of the document mm-hmm. as well. So... There's three categories of state and how their reactions will be to the fall of Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. You've got states that will protect and preserve abortion law. Yep. There's, there's states like New York. Yep. So I think there's about 16 states that will do that. California, New York, DC, blah, blah, blah. This is out of 50, by the way. It's not many. It's not many. Um, and I think some of the crucial parts of this are that those states will also try and bring in legislation that protects people that help people from interstate. Mm-hmm. So that's conflicting law as well. So say if you've got, you know, the Dakotas say North Dakota goes, we're going to ban abortion and we're going to have, we're going to be able to charge people who assist others outside of the state who are from North Dakota to come and get an abortion. Mm-hmm. California then puts in a law that says, if you assist someone that comes from interstate, you are protected. Yep. How do those two laws work, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a big question. But they're going to try and – and they also want to bring in litigation for people that get abortions from interstate so they can protect them. So there's, like, a lot of very progressive legislation being passed. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got 25 or 26 states at the moment as it currently stands that want to totally ban abortion. Mm-hmm. 13 states currently have trigger laws in place, which essentially means that they've created legislation that's in place at the moment that says if Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortion is banned. Yeah. So it's a trigger law, which just makes sense that once that happens, this happens. Yeah, automatically. It's automatic. Yeah. So that's pretty much fucked. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got the, peop- the, the states that will bring into effect legislation that bans abortion. Some will be total bans. Some will be um, only in circumstances where the person carrying the child is in a life-threatening situation Mm -hmm. then you've got some states that so very kindly will have exceptions for rape or incest right that is so so generous isn't it fucking hell so a question might not know but um the ones that don't have trigger laws what's going to happen in the interim between roe versus wade getting overturned and then bringing in new laws will there be like is there like a i guess there's a grace period like Mm -hmm. the other thing is a lot of if there's no law in place um then it would be i think 
a lot of the states have in place at the moment old laws that don't take effect. So mm-hmm. maybe before Roe versus Wade, they had like a 1940 decision that banned abortion. So once Roe versus Wade is overturned, that it goes is back. reinstated. Then you have some states that have nothing. Okay. I don't know what that means. Right. It probably wouldn't it just mean like if you kind of just take the risk? Yeah. The other thing is, and I was, this was really terrifying to me. Like, I think some of the reactions, like I read that Louisiana is starting to pass legislation that makes abortion a, like a homicidal offense. So you would be charged with murder. Oh, Jesus Christ. The other issue is there's like a range of elements of this. One being, what does that do to miscarriage? I was listening to this podcast from the New York Times opinion called Sway. And they had the CEO um, of the Center for Reproductive Rights who talked about the fact that their um, center is representing women in El Salvador who were serving 10, 20, 30-year sentences because they had a miscarriage, woke up in hospital, and they were believed to have had an abortion or induced an abortion. So there's this view then that how do you interpret whether someone's had a miscarriage or an abortion? I think that also because um, obviously making abortion illegal mean doesn't mean that women stop having abortions. It means that they stop having safe abortions. Absolutely. So then with that understanding, which legislators do have, because they're not fucking idiots, there's probably going to be much more suspicion around yep. miscarriages. Absolutely. Because you need particular evidence. You would need witnesses. Like these could be charged as crimes. And there's really, what is the evidence? Yeah, who's the, well, who's the witness? Yeah. It's like there's no murder but there's like also these questions around um and i've been reading a bit about this there's been articles released that are informing women how to protect their digital digital privacy mm-hmm. because anyone who can have who can become pregnant mm-hmm. um is going on the internet and maybe researching abortion clinics um to the and this goes so far as to people who track their periods on yeah, through apps mm-hmm. and because Roe versus Wade is inherently linked to a person's personal liberty under the 14th Amendment and so therefore their privacy from the government, if that is undermined and revoked, then if they essentially states may have the power to breach someone's digital privacy and look at what they've been doing online, look at their behavior if they've booked into a clinic, if they've, you know, on particular medication, all these things that they're doing on the internet that may indicate they've had an abortion. Mm. So it's also researching imagine the resources put into this if you're in social community groups on facebook that are pro-abortion like these things are possible and they're very real fears Mm -hmm. and i think that's the other part is like this would be chaos for not just months after roe is overturned but potentially up to two years while these states legislate while things change while they work out what they can and can't do right Mm -hmm. it's terrifying i i I don't know how that must feel to be like, oh, should I be careful of how I'm tracking my period because that might indicate that I'm pregnant and what if then I wasn't pregnant and they could see my data and, and it, that, that's fucked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's lovely. I think that um, one of the things that I've just been thinking about, like especially with all of this research and like the threat, privacy threat and all of the states that are going to have to be creating that new legislation, like that is so much – like so many people's time, money, state money, taxes and resources putting into removing a law that has been in place for 50 years mm. when like America is completely fucked, to be honest. Absolutely. And I'm not saying, I think sometimes that comes off as a bit like, 
we're perfect. We're not. Um, but like, think about the amount of people who are going bankrupt and are becoming homeless because of medical debt, for example, student debt is crushing. Um, like their cost of living, living is completely fucked their minimum wage. Like there is so much going like so much in America that could actually be, they could be spending time, money and resources on to improve the standard of living for Americans. And instead they're using all of these resources to reverse a 50-year-old decision that is based in their constitution. I think the other thing that's really concerning and that I know that in the opinion itself, the justices try to point to, well, Justice Alito in writing it, points to this this idea of it only referring to abortion in terms of this 14th Amendment right to personal liberty, right? But all of these, like the precedent that Roe sets is represented in 50 years of case law since. So things like contraception, Things like the way that you teach and educate your children at home, uh, things like LGB, LGTBQIA plus rights, same-sex marriage, interracial marriage. There is legislation federally that protects people in the US to choose to do these things because it's their personal liberty to do things that are aside from the government, mm-hmm. right? That's that view. All this case law stands on the shoulders of Roe. So when you undermine that piece of case law, what happens to the rest of it? Do the dominoes all just fall? Yeah. And while these justices might be like, it's particularly about abortion, that doesn't necessarily stop those things from falling next. But also we know the types of like those, those five people, like, and particularly the Trump appointees, Mm. like what we know where their values sit. Yeah. So what those, I don't think that any of those other decisions are safe. And there's another famous decision in 1992 that was Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And that altered Roe, but also like enshrined it. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many cases that are undermined as a result of this. And like 50 years before Roe and 50 years after Roe created a whole bunch of rights that are now challenged by its challenge. You know what I mean? Like it's, there is so much to answer for. The other thing is like the practical effects of this are that women in there's two geographical clusters of states that are going to ban abortion i think we you know as much as i have a limited knowledge of american geography we know it's the midwest and the south that are like the clusters Mm -hmm. there are a couple of states that we don't know what are going to do one Mm -hmm. is florida they currently have legislation in that has um i think it's they ban abortion after 15 weeks Mm -hmm. right we know that 90 percent of women have an abortion within the first 15 weeks of a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So if they keep that, that's half decent legislation. And it means that women in the South have somewhere to go. If Florida decides to um, go, make their laws more conservative or ban abortion totally, it changes the geographical makeup of how people who can have the capacity to be pregnant access abortion. Mm-hmm. So it might mean that they, instead of traveling one state over, they have to travel hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. Mm-hmm. I read a stat this morning that one in four women in America have choose to end a pregnancy in their lifetime. One in wow. four. That's so one high. in four. Mm-hmm. Again, I I know that um we say you can't ban abortion, you can only ban safe abortion. Mm-hmm. I do think that less people have an abortion. Yeah, I agree. But at the end what, of the- sorry, what I what I should meant is like it's not like oh no one is ever going to get a, an abortion no. again. It's like it's not it, the same amount exactly, but it's also going to be like the privileged people who it didn't fucking matter anyway. They could have access. This it. is a thing. I would love to know how many people in American politics have a partner, or and I say a partner because most of them are men, mm-hmm. um, straight white cis men. 
have a partner that's had an abortion. Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, one of the best points that we've, we've spoken about, we've tweeted about, is that reproductive rights are everyone's rights. Mm. They affect our partners. They affect everyone in our lives. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you've probably benefited from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what other law dictates what a man can do with his body? Yeah, there's none. It's exhausting, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see what the couple of states who have this power to at least provide some protection will do. Um, And I think the argument from the, like the fundamental argument from the Supreme court is like, we want to give the power and authority back to the states. And interestingly, that is actually what's the case in Australia. Mm -hmm. It's state jurisdictions that have the power, Yeah, but we are much more progressive with our, our pro-life views, our pro-choice views Mm -hmm. with our pro-choice views. Every state in Australia has decriminalized abortion, South Australia only in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's recent, but it's across all states and territories in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, God. I think, um, <laughs> I think like when it first happened, um, I think the, like a bit of an overwhelming feeling in Australia from what I was reading is that people, uh, didn't quite like a, I felt very passionately when I heard about it. And I think that it took um, us to get Australians to get, you know, on board with it and get up to date with it. It it took a little bit longer than I thought, because I think the um, argument for Australians is like, oh, well, that's not, that doesn't affect me. Mm. Um, And that's something that really, I think it like triggers me because I remember when Trump was the, like, became the president everyone's like well i don't know what your problem is it's not like you don't live in america yeah and i'm like first of all have you ever heard of empathy like that's really fucked up that you don't like literally don't give a shit yeah um the other thing is like the power that america has like particularly pertaining to someone like trump he was not only the president of america he was the president of the free world um and in a lot of ways countries like australia probably like canada new zealand maybe not so much um the uk do follow america in like a lot of, I'm not necessarily saying about abortion, no, but no. like culturally, it's just like, well, it's kind Absolutely. of like aspirational the way we look at America. I read that um, somewhere that Australia has been referenced as the 51st state, you know. Oh, Jesus. But, but I, no, but I think that we follow them more closely than any other Commonwealth nation. Agree. Agree. Um, I think culturally we're in step and I think that there's a lot of comparisons that can be drawn between Scott Morrison's politics and views and yep. Donald Trump's. And even their attitudes. Yep. Like, um, and I wrote an article about this uh, this week, but the way that... Um, Trump like was not loyal to anyone except for himself. He wanted the power. That's why he became the president. Um, you know, I don't think he gives a fuck about whether women are having abortion or not. It's just that he had a base that he knew he could win, which was the Christian ultra conservative base, and they wanted to ban ban abortion. So that's what he was. He did like he. It's it's all because of him. Like one one fucking term of this conservative fucking lunatic. And this is what we're seeing now, overturning of a 50-year-old piece of legislation. And I think that the other worrying part is this is just the start. They took up this case in order to overturn a decision that's been upheld for 50 years. And they didn't have to because there was strong... There was a court of appeal and a district court decision that strongly disagreed with the state of Mississippi and this piece of legislation. And... I think the concerning part is these people have lifelong tenure. Yep. They can sit there until they die. Yep. Which they will. They will. Um, His, the implications of that presidency will be felt for our entire lives. Yes. And 
this is the first step. And I think a lot of people go, oh, Gilead, oh, this is so dystopian. It's actually predictable as well, mm. is, the, is the most frightening part. Yeah. And it's just going to keep going. Yep. And if this falls, it, it is a domino effect and we're going to keep seeing, keep seeing this happening. And I think that people were very responsive um, this week to us talking about the Assistant Minister for Women, Amanda Stoker, mm-hmm. who last Saturday, so um, it would have been the... Uh, Last day of April. I don't know why I need to add that. What the fuck, <laughs> um, everyone? Was it just after the Roe v. Wade? Was no, it was before. Okay, interesting. So I think Roe versus Wade was Tuesday. Yeah, and um, Amanda Stoker attended a anti-choice rally on the weekend alongside you know all the greatest hits, Matt Canavan, George Christensen, a number of other politicians. She spoke at that rally, and one of the I'll get the quote. Do you want me to? I've got it here. Do you oh, want yes, me to read it? Please read it. It really does baffle me why there are some people who have questions questioned whether it is appropriate for a person like me to serve as assistant minister for women because I am pro-life, Stoker said. They suggest there is some sort of conflict between those two roles. Which is just a completely fucked thing to say. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I, I understand that everyone has their own um, beliefs, but it's just like, it doesn't baffle you. It doesn't fucking baffle you. You're so full of shit. This woman shits me to fucking tears. She is the most. And do you remember a few, maybe last year, she was like painted as this like feminist icon because of something that she said on a panel that I'm like, fuck off. She was literally at a fucking anti, um, anti-choice rally the next week yeah. after this thing. But by the way, Scott Morrison afterwards said that said of her attendance at this rally, it's a free country. And here's which the he's thing. so he's, he fucking would. The thing is, fuck Scott Morrison, fuck Amanda Stoker. You know what? And this is the hardest thing I'll ever say because I fundamentally hate it, but it's my belief. You can protest whatever you want. Yeah. I protect and I will support and I will defend someone's right to protest, even if I fucking fundamentally disagree with what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The issue isn't that she was at the protest. The issue isn't that she was at a rally and that she was sharing her beliefs. The issue is the position that she holds. Yep. You cannot represent women and women's issues and gender issues. And I know that abortion doesn't just affect women. There's a range of people who can become pregnant. But I acknowledge her, that. Her, her title is the assistant minister for women. Exactly. You cannot actively protest reproductive rights and claim to represent women and further gender equality and gender policy that supports the improvement of women's conditions in the fucking country if you're anti our own rights. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, and I've said this before and I I live and die by it, is that conservative, conservative views are all based on sticking their nose into other people's fucking business. Like... It's fine. Amanda Stoker, if you don't want to ever get an abortion, don't fucking do that. The The actual point is that the woman has a, the person who's the, the issue is that the, every person who gets pregnant has the opportunity to decide whether they want to continue to be pregnant, continue to have a child. Like it's not, I just think that that gets so mixed up all the time. It's because she would be like, well, I'm for women because I want, women to not like stop murdering their babies. Mm. It's not your fucking business what other people do with their own bodies and uteruses. I despise her so much. I just think like to be part of a government that is so anti supporting childcare, supporting women in the workforce, um, supporting women's rights generally, 
to turn around and say, you know, it baffles her that we would be upset with her choice to be so anti our reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. You cannot be actively legislating against the improvement of our conditions of women and children mm -hmm. and then say, but you've got to have birth. Yeah. You've got to have birth. <laughs> you've got to give oh, birth. I hate it because I keep saying good lines and then fucking it up at the end. Anyway, anyway. I just think that she's cancelled. She's cancelled. Can I read this other quote from the... Yeah. This is completely fucked. I've never heard of this person. Bernie Finn. He's a Victorian state MP. Yeah. Liberal, obviously. Duh. He said this quote, which gives me chills. So excited the US is on the verge of a major breakthrough to civilization. Praying it will come here soon. Killing babies is criminal. Then he shared a meme reading, civilized societies don't kill their young. What the fuck? That is a weird... Aside from the fact that, it, like, I disagree with everything about it. That is a really weird turn of phrase. Sorry. Just a friendly reminder that a fetus is not a child. I love the arguments that are like, yeah, but if you were aborted, you wouldn't be here. Yeah? <laughs> What's so, your point? It's such a weird... It's such a weak argument. That's just what people say when they have no fucking idea about anything. Yeah. It's like that um, viral TikTok sound that's like, um, you know that the, the fetus is not in the woman's body, don't you? You understand that, don't you? Or oh, where the fuck is it then? Floating along behind me? Like a balloon? Mm -hmm. Fuck you! Um, I think so the way that the US is set up is very different to it. Like the US legal system is very different to our Australian legal system. Um, but like, and particularly because it's uh, election time, I think it would be a remiss of me not to say, again, this has happened because of one term of Trump. We've already had one term of Scott Morrison. And even if our, because our um, abortion legislation is like jurisdiction, like it's based on the state and territory, um, in states and territories, not federally. But I think that it is, important to just think about like how these conservative governments and conservative bodies work like i said before they're all about using valuable resources to regress society yeah and the thing is we know scott morrison and barnaby joyce's views on abortion yeah scott morrison and i think as much as this doesn't say anything it says everything um i think in a 2019 quote when new south wales was passing their bill to decriminalize abortion he shared his view, which was, I'm of a conservative view on this issue, and I think I'm on a conservative view of a lot of issues, but I won't say more than that. Yeah. And that tells us everything we need to know about what he thinks. Barnaby Joyce um, actually called on Scott Morrison to sort of decry the bill. Decry? Really? Yeah. Um, Barnaby Joyce was also pushed by his own party to step down because he led an anti-abortion rally in Sydney, but he was like, nah. The Nationals pushed on him to step yeah. down after that within his own party fucking hell yeah because he led a rally um he was oh, fucked one of his own staffers and allegedly sexually assaulted someone so you know fucking great i Yikes. i also it's always the men who do that shit and yeah. then they're like don't do anything it's it it just it's consistent with their views which is like women are objects for you to enjoy yeah so it's like you can enjoy doing whatever the fuck you want with them and then you get to have no consequences because you're going to fucking pay for some Absolutely. back alley fucking abortion because you will always have access to it you and will. a lot of women do not unless it is 
like legislated, safe and accessible. Abortion is a socioeconomic issue because it impacts those in poverty the yeah. most. Yeah. Um, and I think that we know Dominic Perrette has conservative views on this matter. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of other state premiers do. Yeah. Um, so that's a worry. Yes, very concerning. And the worry is that this legislation can be amended, it can be changed, um, and I don't think this is an immediate threat here, but I think the point being that when we know the people in power share these views, culturally when there's a wave like this that occurs, mm-hmm. it can be a suggestion or antagonising the issue to be raised here. And it already is. We're having these discussions, right? Yeah. Um, it's dangerous and it scares me. And I think we need to be hyper aware of what's happening in the US because it could happen here. It's not yeah. impossible. The system, they're giving power back to the states. The states already have power in Australia. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think it's an immediate issue and I think there would be a larger outcry in this country because I think we have more progressive views on this matter, I don't know how by, like, I do not know by how far that's true. Yes. And particularly because our governments are consistently more conservative than our populations. And that is, that is like true everywhere. Yep. If we look to the pattern of behaviour of how vulnerable groups are treated in this country, that tells you everything we need to know about how threatened we should feel about the issues of our reproductive rights. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You can also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one.